Welcome back to the Rhubarb and Custard podcast. I'm Jojo Smith, aka Rhubarb. And I'm Rosie Wood, aka Custard. This podcast is all about business, branding, confidence and wonky crowns. It's a safe, unapologetic space for business owners and wannabe business owners. If you want to take part in the conversation and help us figure out whether rhubarb is in fact a fruit or a vegetable, you can find us on Instagram at underscore rhubarb and custard. Either way, we're good for you. Hello and welcome back to Rhubarb and Custard, the podcast. I love introducing because I'll get to welcome you all back through the door again. We are on episode 11. Well, for anybody that knows anything about the woo side, 11 is a good number. And we are bringing you some amazing value today. We are here with a very special a very special guest, um, someone that I hold in really high regard as a friend as a business colleague, I would say in one sense, because she's worked with me within my business. And we wanted, as you know, this episode is called Always Use Protection. We will be introducing to you the fabulous Joanne Fisher, Lady Law herself, as I like to call her. (laughs) She is really approachable and absolutely fantastic at what she does. But we will get to that. Obviously, we always start with our little sassy starter. And that is we have a catch up. So, Rosie, how's your week been? How's my week been? Um, we've had we've had sickness and bugs, and we've been proper like mum zone here this this past week and weekend. We've had sickness and bugs and all kinds of things in the house. So this week is playing catch up, very much playing catch up, very much um, trying to get through all the things and get me back to where I was, um, but not as eventful as. Um, as your week's been, Joe? <laughs> well, I remember we had a phone call and at one point we were talking about the sick bowl and getting yeah. it there in time and the oh, aim okay. being right. Yeah. And um, I know there was a couple of misses weren't there, yeah. with the sick bowl in your house. So Rosie, you have had it tough this week. <laughs> um, as a mum, my week has been eventful because now I have the official title of a mum with two grown-up kids. I've now got a 17-year-old and a 20-year-old but, you know, I'm a fairy godmother, so I can rock the whole age thing. So that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> um, yeah, we had a big celebration. I turned into Mumzilla this week as we unveiled a car that was a big surprise for my daughter. And, wow. um, you know, this is a big achievement. We did it for my son. Um, they're not expensive cars as such, but, you know, there's still a lot of money. I saved for two years for this car to because obviously you know the 17th is coming and I really wanted it to be intentional and an incentive so she wants to go for a driving lesson she's got herself a little job she's going to pay for her own driving lessons um so yes yeah, so we had a big reveal there was a confetti cannon there was me being mumzilla music action surprise <laughs> <laughs> I got very um yeah I got very involved um but it went down really really well and I'm glad it's out now because we've nearly let it out several times but if we head over now, this is where we're going to say hello to the fabulous Joanne Fisher. And I've always wanted to say this. She is coming live to us from poolside in Croatia. Joe, <laughs> your week's been bloody amazing. I just want to caveat this. This is not a normal week in my life at all. <laughs> this is not how it usually rolls. Um, so hello. And yeah, thank you for that lovely introduction. It was, yeah, it was an honour to work with you. Um, but yeah, I am in Croatia this week. I'm here on a business retreat um, which doesn't officially start until tomorrow morning um 
But I was just, you're talking about being mums there. I was ready for a break and there's so much going on in work. I thought I'd come out a few days before. So I've literally been sat by the pool for four days by myself um, until people started to arrive (laughs) yesterday, which has been the first time I've ever done anything like this, but also the best thing I think I've ever done. Sounds incredible. I think you need to introduce, Joe, the fact that you're you're a mum, but you're a mum of twins. I am. Yeah. (laughs) So that wasn't the plan. So I've got four children. I've got uh, my eldest is soon to be 15. I've got a girl then who's so they're both girls, uh, 15 and seven. And then we had a surprise set of twins three years ago, which um, they're they're amazing. They're identical twin boys, but they're also insane. They're they're three (laughs) years old. I am more exhausted than I've ever been in my whole life. Wow. I think one three year old is exhausting enough. Never mind two. So no, I'm, I'm not surprised that you flew out early, to be honest. <laughs> the, the weekend before, I, I kind of hit one of those mum walls when I just thought nobody listens to me anymore. My voice has become, it's almost, white people noise. can't hear it. because yeah. It's, yeah, it's just white noise. Um, so I said, right, mummy, mummy needs a break because I'm just constantly shouting at you all. So we, we all need a break from each other. Yeah. I think, um, but you've just had, you've had quite an event for a couple of months though, haven't you, Joe? Because where your business is and your mission is something that obviously I heard you speak at Be Inspired and we'd already worked together. But when I heard your talk as well, I was just like, oh, we need, we need to get this out there. I'd love you to just share a little bit of that and let people know about, it's a really long word that I can't say. <laughs> moratorium um (laughs) say it again moratorium yeah so this this is a big thing for me I didn't plan on being back at work like this or I didn't expect to be back working and running my business again I'd taken some time off after the twins and it it hit me quite hard as you would have heard me speak about so when I started to get back into work it was really important for me to be able to actually fit that into what had happened and what I'd been through because I'd suffered with postnatal depression. I became quite, quite unwell with it. Um, And so, and a lot of that was linked to not being able to work anymore. So my financial stability was completely taken away from me because we didn't plan for those twins. We just invested in a new home and all of those things that, that I've never really thought about. We didn't have enough bedrooms. We didn't have a big enough car. I couldn't work anymore because there was just too much to do with two babies. So since I've been back, I've been campaigning and have recently drafted a petition to go into government to try and get women a six-month break from financial commitments after they've given birth. Now, this happens all the time with, so company directors get it if they're in financial stress. We've got people now that suffer with mental health having a break if they get into a bit of hot water. And I just think it's really important for mums and families actually to have that bit of breathing space because I think we worked out the figures and if a woman takes off a year from work now, um, on current statutory maternity rates, she gets paid 12 weeks full pay but your income remains exactly the same. So for me, it just doesn't make sense. And so, yeah, I spoke at Be Inspired and the petition's going live any day now. Um, I can put the link in on, on here, actually, if anyone wants to register to support that, but it would be amazing to get people behind it. I I just want to highlight here as well, something, um, obviously it's been a while since mine were little, little, we've, we've mentioned that. I went back after three months after my first, first one, because my perception, because it was my first as well, 
I'd worked really hard in my corporate career to just pop this baby out and go straight back to work because that's what I thought I was going to do. <laughs> doesn't happen like that. So that isn't what happened. But I took a promotion while I was on maternity leave. And so when I went back after three months, obviously straight away, my priorities had changed. I was like, no, this isn't for me. But we'd already got financial commitments, like you're saying, Joe, that were relevant to that, um, yeah. that promotion mm. as well. So that was huge. But the reason I just said that is because um, when a Naomi Ella speaks on matrescence, and matrescence, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it or if you're familiar with it. I'd never heard of it until I met um, Awena. And what it is, in the easiest form, I hope I've got the right word. I can see Rosie Googling it now, right? <laughs> so so I, I had heard this. And the best sort of analogy I can give it you, it's almost like going through um, like puberty for teenagers but what it is it's about it's that going into motherhood nobody prepares you for what's going to happen to your body what's going to happen to your mind what's going to happen to your soul what's going to happen to your brain because scientifically you know we we talk about mommy brain or baby brain it's an actual thing it's a thing (laughs) yeah it's an actual physical thing it's an actual physical thing thing. I mean I blame it totally for my lack of memory and the fact that I can't remember anything I have to write everything down but I think you know there's that as well and this is where so much of you know sort of like the mental health state and the coping mechanisms Mm. and everything comes in so Joe I am 110% behind this what you're doing even though I still can't say it, it's a big word. So, but, <laughs> right, I think it, it's just absolutely huge. I just want to clarify, are you doing this for independent business owners or mums in general? Mums in general, and actually for families, it's for dads as well, because if you think about it, how many, or partners, not just dads, it's not always just dads, is it? But partners are being forced to earn more money in those times to bridge that gap. So often they're working overtime, longer hours. I know my my partner was working seven days a week when I needed him home more than ever before, um, just trying to make sure we could meet the bills. So it's for the whole family. It's And it's it should be optional. I'm not saying it's there. Not everyone will need to take it. But if yes. it's, there is an option for anyone that needs it, I can't I can't imagine a scenario that it wouldn't be a good thing. Almost like a last call, isn't it? Yeah. As in the sense of, you know, that help that you need. Breathe, breathing space, isn't it? That's all we need in that time, just to refocus and get back and bond um, before you're back at work. And I just want to touch on it a little bit more, that the reason when you said other areas get this, in business, if you have to declare bankruptcy, bankruptcy or anything like that you get this in business don't you if you get this breathing space to decide so that you don't make rash rash decisions am I right in that absolutely so this isn't a new concept it's so if directors of a company want to thinking of closing their business down they can apply to the courts and they're given a moratorium period to think about what they're going to do and it means creditors can't come after them in that time We also get it now for people suffering with mental health issues where they can apply um, to a debt recovery um, specialist to get 60 days. Um, Again, bit of breathing space to let them know what they make decisions. So if if we've we've also had it for tenants and landlords when it comes to because of COVID in, in not having to pay their rent. So it just for me, it's and that's where the word moratorium comes from, because this is actually a legal concept that's already applied in in lots of areas 
So this is your, there's one more thing I want to touch on with this before we move on to some real value for independent business owners regarding protection and legal documents and just protecting yourself and your clients. But when something that really stopped me in my tracks in your talk was other countries and what they offer in maternity benefits and things like that. And I can't believe the difference and I don't know, do you know these off the top of your head? Oh, you're testing me now. I know we're, we're quite far down in the ranks. So at the, the, at the top, we've got countries like Sweden, Sweden, and I believe it was Belgium. And they're offering around 50 to 60% of a wage if a woman takes off a year from work. So they get 50, whereas we're on 12 weeks pay, yeah. um, which is, it's just not good enough. I mean, the USA are on zero. So we're, we're, we're better yeah, than it could are. be worse, but <laughs> it could be worse. <laughs> But we're just, it's, and we're not going to get an increase in statutory maternity pay. We know that. Look at the current state of everything. There's no way the government are going to increase those rates. Mm-hmm. So it actually works for everyone. And it's in everyone's favour to just yeah. let people have that break. Nobody misses out. Yeah. No, I think it is. It's just that statistic really did kind of like, I was like, we need to pull our socks up a bit. Come on. We're not doing great. Mm-hmm. Like you say, it could be worse. But in the same sense, we were quite far down. Yeah. So, right. Okay. This bit I get really excited about because, you know, it was an element. I get really excited about the legal stuff. Um, You know, this was really important to me and why I first approached you, because service delivery and service delivery agreements was part of the reason why I started my business, because I really wanted to treat my clients as I would like to be treated. And having that protection in place, it was scary going into it because I thought it might put clients off. And I think this is a big misconception that, oh, if I've got these contracts, people will, you know, be put off and they won't want to sign it. And it was a huge reason of why Rosie and I started working together and why I chose It was the other way around, wasn't it? Yeah, because Rosie's contracts got me over the line because she broke it down and they were kind of in my language. There was, even though the serious bit was there, just before would be a little bit that said, call blimey, here's the serious stuff. And I was like, right, I'm I'm ready now. I'm prepped. I know I've got to pay attention. Like, this is the bit that you need to read. <laughs> this is the bit you need to read. And it was because of that that I felt safe. And coming from sort of, you know, some of the, some of the experiences that I'd had, I needed to feel that going into the next people that I work with or work for or did whatever. Rosie and I going forward have continued to always be like that. And it's put our clients at ease so I mean Joe, over to you always use protection why <laughs> yeah and and you know I'm sure people won't mind me say or you won't mind me saying Joe. I loved working with you because you were actually the journey I watched you go on because as you say you were quite fearful in the beginning that this was going to put people off and it was all a bit too heavy and wordy and and you got quite emotional, but actually you're, I think I've said to you, you're, you're one of my favourite ever clients for the way that we've seen the transformation towards the end. Because Badge. <laughs> I need to get some badges because it was, it was incredible to watch because I believe that every single entrepreneur, when they go through this process of working out what their client contracts are and making sure they've got all the protections in place, 
will become more confident. They'll be able to have more difficult conversations with ease without really having those sleepless nights. And you just feel more powerful because, I mean, it's a bit of a cliche, but knowledge is power the more we know. Um, And it really does help you just to know where you stand when you're working with anyone. Um, So in terms of general protection, I mean, the biggest mistakes I see probably is the easiest way to talk about it is people aren't protecting their brands enough. So they're not thinking about, um, and I say this with love to everyone because I'm really not here. I should probably caveat it. My aim is to make this kind of work easier, not harder, not not fearful, but having people not fearful. But protecting your brand is one of the biggest things you can do when you set up your business. So Creative SaaS is an amazing trademark, um, or soon to be. It's not soon to be. We haven't actually got the official, but we're almost there. It's been put out there um because it has to be put out there for a little while before they kind of like sign it off but I can honestly say I cannot wait to get a t-shirt that says creative sass tm TM. (laughs) (laughs) no it's now then you can do creative sass tm now oh because so with your anything whenever you create a product or a brand or a name for, for a program as soon as you've created it you can use the tm because you're saying to the world I'm intending to trademark this so kind of back well I never knew that yeah, you can use your TM. And then once it's registered, you you can go to the R, which means it's fully registered. But just do the work. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, and it, it does. It gives people the, the the kind of stop sign. Don't don't be messing with my brand kind of um, view. But doing that work really early on. So choose the name you want for your business or your program or your Facebook group, whatever it is, whatever you're creating, it's coming from your mind. But do the due diligence. Check if other people are using it. Um, check if there's websites already out there that people are are already working under that brand because it can all become complicated down the line. And I don't want to go into too much detail here for you guys. Um, but yeah, that that brand protection is really important. So think about trademarks. Copyright you're automatically copy uh, protected with copyright. So anything you put out there, wording on your websites, wording in your books, if you've written them, social media posts, that's protected as of right. So you don't have to go and register that anywhere. But if so, if, some, if somebody starts to lift your your work and use it as, as, your, as their own, you've got the right to come back for infringement. So bear that in mind that you don't need to do any work there. Um, in terms of then setting up your company structure or your business structure, do you want to be a limited company? Do you want to be a partnership if you're working together or is it a collaboration? Um, or are you going to be a sole trader? But if you do decide to be a sole trader, um, just think about the risks that are attached to that. So it's great because there's a lot less in terms of governance and regulation. You haven't got to be worrying about um, the company's house requirements and the director's duties. But what you do have to worry about is personal liability if something goes wrong. So if you're contracting with somebody under your personal name, um, there is a risk if there's a claim that it's against you personally. And then, of course, your your house, your car, any assets you've got could be at risk. So I would really encourage all of my clients to look at trading under a limited company rather than being a sole trader but I do understand that people are nervous about that so I did that and it's I just want to put it out there because I think a lot of people do worry about it but for me it was some somebody just explained it really simply like you it's limited liability that's what the limited means Mm. and I registered mine because I wanted that limited liability because I was nervous setting up my first, you know, my first company. And I thought the one thing that I have that I own 
Um, I mean, I've got a mortgage, but you know, it's my is my house. Yeah. And I that was the one thing that I wasn't willing to risk because yeah. of my kids. And I just thought, how how can I protect that? And being limited, yes, it came with um like you say, some of the directors, you know, I had to, you know, I went and got an accountant and we're registered. But I have to say, it's given me so much more peace of mind. And I think it does. This isn't me saying that a sole trader doesn't have this, but authority wise within the business world, it kind of does give people, other people, your clients, I think, a little bit more confidence because yeah, I think it does. Yeah, and so that that's another reason. Mm. And you also get a really nice certificate that says you're a limited company and it feels great. <laughs> you get that little email that's like, congratulations, you're now registered. <laughs> and if you ever want to sell your business, it's really useful as well, because obviously when you own your, your business personally, you're selling your assets. You can you can sell the assets of your business, and it, that can sound complicated. But when it's a limited company, it's much much easier to transfer that across, transfer the shares to someone else, than to actually. I've had a client in the past who actually wasn't allowed to trade under her, her own name anymore because all of the value in her business was attached to her personal name that she was given at birth. So there's some real complications if you are intending to grow and sell. If you're a sole trader, that you need to think about. What do you um, do? Yeah. That's the case if it's your name. Well, she couldn't use her name for business purposes anymore. So she set up a new company, but she could never trade under her own personal name because the buyer of the business wanted to use her brand because all of the goodwill was attached to her name. Um, So it can get complicated and there are risks. But people, it is a lot more straightforward than people think when it comes to a limited company. And a good accountant will talk you through. Yeah, £100 it cost me for the accountant to set it up and my mum holding my hand. That's how I always set it up as a company. I was like, because I because I forget things. I was like, I mean, my mum's in her seventies, but she's quite switched on. And I was like, Mum, will you come with me? I was like, because he's going to say some really important stuff, and I'm not going to be a hundred percent. And she came along, and it was like that. It all ties into this holding hand um, kind of thing. You know, sometimes you just got to be brave, and if you've got somebody to go with you, that just might pick up something else. But it, it was really simple, really simple. I went um I found myself an accountant I went in they set it all up for me it cost me like I say it cost me a hundred pounds and they've been my accountants ever since and they've been great um so you know because I'm a bit of a former phobic as well because obviously Rosie and I come from a creative background so when you're creative quite often sometimes tech or forms you don't want to know I see a form and it starts jumping around the page and I'm like, no, I can't be doing that. I'll come back to that at a later time. <laughs> um, so knowing that I did that and I rang up and somebody did that for me for that amount and it was it was quick and it was done. Yeah. It was, and I'm so glad I did it. Yeah, I think people definitely build it up into something in their heads. And the same with have like having a contract between you and your client. I mean, they don't need to be overly complicated because you're basically just agreeing with a client that this is this is how much you're going to pay me this is when this is what I'm going to deliver for you um and I think people overcomplicate it don't they and then they don't have anything in place because it's easier just to not have anything um and then find themselves in a pickle with clients and we were talking last week about those situations where you might need to let a client go and how having a contract like in your corner can make that a much easier process because there's no there's no arguing over it 
like the facts are the facts yeah you've got an agreement the facts are the facts this has been provided or this has been this agreement's been broken or whatever it is that's led to the breakdown of that relationship and it is what it is so this is what needs to happen to resolve it and there's no there's no fannying around is there it just takes all the I love that. And that, that's a really good point, actually. So having a, a, a process in your contract. So I would always say to people to if there is a dispute kind of brewing behind the scenes and you're thinking that the relationship is breaking down, have a process where potentially you, you can tell each other that that's happening. And if it can't be resolved within you with between you within maybe seven days, then you look to terminate that agreement because it then gives both of you a chance instead of people just panicking and saying, I want out of this contract and walking away. Um, Because the aim of a contract, as you say, is and and definitely the way I work, it's about trying to resolve issues. You don't want to get to that point, but there are some definitely some clients that you have to say goodbye to sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) We won't go there. Wave them off with love. (laughs) And a big kiss. And an invoice. Yeah, that an was invoice. in their contract. <laughs> I I think Rosie, you touched on it last week, and that's why Joe, we got in touch because we kind of we knew this was an area and we'd already come up with the title. And I was like, Rosie, we've got to get Joe Fisher in for this. So um, but we touched on it last week. And we always in this part of the podcast, we always try to give some value for those that maybe can't invest in this service just yet. You know, what what are the basics? What what do they need? Rosie, you touched on it last week that for you it was terms of deliverables. Yeah. So deliverables, payments, like when are you going to pay your deposit? How much that is when your final balance is due, whatever that might be. Um, And what was the other one? I can't remember now. There was a third. So you, are you in your client contracts, so things that you must have in there, is that what you're talking if about? If it's not a contract, let's say somebody's working and they're quite new. Let's say it's an email. What yep. would you say are maybe the, the main things that need to be agreed at that point? A great thing to do. So if you're going to do it, and there's always a contract, even if it's spoken. Um, okay. So the, but the best thing, so you can have an oral contract, but the best thing is always to back it up in writing, as you say. Um, So I'd say in your email, put a bit of background in at first, because what happens then is you're much likely if you much more likely if you haven't got a contract and there's a dispute to end up in front of a judge, which we're all trying to avoid. But if you do, by having a bit of background that shows that both parties actually really understood what they were doing, it's a really good way to say to to the judge, then, look, there is no confusion. She knew what what she was buying. I knew what I was selling. So just have a little bit of background. So, yeah, happy. Great to speak to you today. Just wanted to confirm what we've talked about um love that what you're doing with your business at the moment so glad I can help you it can be really easy and look like general conversation but what it's going to do is provide evidence to say you were completely clear then you want to be looking at how long the contract will be for how the payments will be made how much are the payments is there going to be VAT applicable to it for some people it will be Um, you can Set out the deliverables, as you said, if they're products or are they services, but give as much detail on that as as possible. You can't have too much detail there because it's the only thing that you will ever end up querying if there's a problem. I'd also then put something in there to say this is what happens if if it starts to go wrong. So if we do start to fall out, I'd like you to contact me by email and let's chat about it. And if we can't resolve it within a certain amount of time, we can go to an independent expert, which could be a lawyer, accountant, whoever you're working with. Um, Because that means then it stops people in their tracks from just saying, I'm going to go to court and issue a claim against you. Because if you've got those 
details actually it's it's a stopgap and the courts won't look kindly if they just go straight to court um what else could you think about limitation I mean I'm going into the proper legals now for your for your contracts I can't help it but you really do want to try and limit liability so a contract is always going to be the best the best thing for you but they are the basics really that I'd say cover off in your email um, what happens if it overruns? What if you can't do the work in time? What if something um, happens that's out of your control? Think about all of those things. It doesn't have to be super legal jargon uh, written by a lawyer, but as long as it's not ambiguous and it's clear for both sides to to be able to, to work through, that should be okay. But yeah. I think that shows real intention as well, that you want to look after that person and yourself. And it shows integrity within your business. If yeah. you are showing up with, you know, that kind of um, security, if you like, and care, it's due diligence, isn't it, at the end of the day? It's mm. it's just you putting yourself out there saying, you know what, I have thought about this. I'm really hoping this doesn't go, you know, away. But you're protected. I'm protected. Mm. And it serves, I think, for... Um, it, it serves for expectation, doesn't it? Because if you manage expectation, quite often there's not disappointment then. Mm-hmm. And that's when things tend to go wrong. Yeah, and definitely. The other, the other big one is, is like we mentioned earlier, is IP. So the intellectual property. I know you're, you guys are designers. You're creating things all the time. So who's going to own that intellectual property? Yeah. Once the contract's finished, do you need to transfer it to the client? Um, do you need to retain it so that you can use it again? Um, so those things definitely need to be thought about and how that will work. Something I'd really like us to discuss, actually, because I think it is important. So when we do a lot of brand work um, and intellectual property, I mean, obviously, this isn't a, you know a two hour show, so we can't go into all of it. But I think it's really important because when you are designing a brand, when you are creating a brand, obviously, we're putting our names to that as well as and then if people then go off and start to disrupt that or ask somebody else to add something in where does that sound because I do I find this really um I was like well I wasn't aware of some of it kind of thing to be that was a conversation that we had wasn't it yeah it came from a project or a client or something um because like when I finished a brand, I had the the intellectual property goes to the client, but it's literally for that. Let, let's say it's a logo, that logo exactly as it is as I hand it over. Like there's no variation on it. They don't have any of the any of the working files, any of the revisions. So even if it's gone from looking like one design at concept stage all the way through to the final, all of that stuff that's still mine. So I could if effectively start a new project with a new client and use that exact same concept again and rework it in a new direction but start from the same place because that's still mine and the only thing that they buy is like that final thing um and I can't remember off the top of my head if there's a if there's a stipulation in your contract Joe with the client um whether there's whether they can change that or not I don't think they can can they 
Joe will know. <laughs> no, no, they can't. Um, yeah, what you really want to do there is, as you say, absolutely, you've created this this work. You want to be able to retain ownership of it, one for portfolio purposes, so you can show your clients what you've done, but also because it's a risk to your reputation. That's if somebody goes in and changes up that logo and it looks different in the future. So you transfer ownership of the final version of the logo so that they can register it as a trademark. Otherwise, without that transfer, they can never register it so that's important because you have to tick the box with the IPO to say you own it but equally um, you just reserve the right in your contract so you reserve ownership of everything else outside of that other than the final design and put an additional provision in there to say that they're not allowed to go in and alter it later on they could have a new logo designed um, with elements of it because they've paid you they've commissioned you to do work for them but they can't make changes to your final version of the logo itself and what I'd say in those situations and I think we've put in in your agreement Joe is is come back to me and let's chat about it yeah you can do things but with my consent so that you keep mm. that talking open all the time and actually it's beneficial then because maybe you can do the work again if they yeah. do want to make changes I think to put it in simple terms it's almost like let's say we created an apple logo for argument's sake I'm not I'm not like you know I don't want a lawsuit from anybody big but let's just say we created an Apple logo and then we decided we've given that on and we've passed that on and then somebody decides to put I don't know a caterpillar or something coming out of it and we're like well we didn't design that and that's not how we would have or something really terrible on it do you know but it's our name or they did my branding then that like you say it's the reputation that you wanting it's not limitation that you're trying to do for people it's more about your reputation and your professional work isn't it that you know that's why we want to protect that I can see Rosie really smiling it's, it's the assumption that they'll ruin it yes <laughs> don't ruin what I did <laughs> yeah but you've, you've just got to cover it off it's it's just putting it in writing isn't it so you can get I, I feel like I constantly say that I must say it about a million times put a week put it in writing put it in writing <laughs> make sure your contract covers it off but I it's just the truth um without it things are too ambiguous and nobody really knows where they stand so yeah make sure you you protect yourself by saying I'm transferring the final version of the logo to you so that you can use it as yours you own it completely mm. but you're not allowed to make any changes to that without my consent. I uh, we've we've spoke about um, some of the things, some of the resources that you've got because something we've tr- really tried to do for the rhubarb and custard listeners are give them value and direction for if they're not at a certain point to invest in their business, then this is what you can do in the meantime. So, um, what would you say are probably the areas like let's just make sure you're covered on these things. Cause I'm thinking as well, you know, as people start to grow literally this week, oh, I can't believe I didn't mention this in the um, catch up this week, officially creative SAS has their first employee. <laughs> <laughs> That's really important. It actually ties in really well with what we were just talking about. So imagine you guys have, have, have asked for a freelancer to come in and help you do work for a client you do want all the workbooks and everything that that freelancer does or all the working drawings to be transferred to you so yeah. that you can you own it and not the freelancer who's doing work for you. So in that contract, you need to think about different IP provisions to make sure that anyone that's working for, you, for your business mm. is giving you ownership of everything they do because you're paying them to do it. Um, and then you can transfer it onto the end client. Um, 
But from an employee perspective, you've got to be really careful in the difference between those two relationships. So, so it's amazing that you've employed someone. It's, it was very exciting. I am, I am excited. I'm a little bit nervous as well because it's a big responsibility. But in the same sense, the business is growing. Therefore, you know, the workforce has got to say the sassy squad is going to world domination is the <laughs> pink will be covering everywhere. Um, I don't want anybody to go away from this thinking, oh my goodness, I've got to write about that. I've got to do this. You have got a free resource haven't you for a freelancer contract I have yeah this on my website stuff, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've we've put it on the website because it's important it's a really important one when your people are building their businesses you need to make sure you're having contracts with the people that are there to support you so we'll put the link in or I'll give you the link and you can share it in the show we can notes. put it in the show notes yeah because that is a freelancer uh contract template um so they will be able to use it so at least you haven't got to go away thinking you've got to go and write up your freelancer contract now this is a gift from joe so we would send you to her to um check her out and see what joe does anyway um but is there anything else that you think just make sure you've got these boxes ticked god do you know i talk far too much when people say that but (laughs) the the basics are so make sure you're gdpr compliant and if you're a limited company have website terms on your on your um website obviously sorry i've lost my thought then if you're yeah freelancer contracts really important to make sure you're getting the ip off those people if you're employing someone make sure you give them a written statement of terms on the day that they start work with you because if not uh, you could find yourself in breach of the employment rights act um, and they can claim that even when they come to leave you in two years time, it could be something they could have you on the hook for if you've fallen out. So be aware of that. Um, Client contracts, we talked about what to include in those, but also if you're dealing with consumers, think about the 14 day cooling off period. So this doesn't apply business to business, but if you're selling to consumers, so people that are not buying from you in the course of their business. So it's nothing to do with business. It's purely consumer-led. They've got 14 days from the date of buying from you if it's um, a service to cancel and have all of their money back or 14 days from receipt of a product. um, So on delivery of a product to change their mind and get their money back. And you have to give that information in a set of terms and conditions. That's a non-negotiable. You are breaching consumer rights if you don't do that. But you can have a caveat in there that... If you've agreed for me to start working in that 14 days, then um, you lose the right to get your money back. But that's got to be in writing. Brand protection. I'm actually writing a chapter on it at the moment in my book. And it just lights me up because I just think it's so important. Do your due diligence. Make sure nobody else is using those names. Make sure it's distinctive. Creative SaaS is an amazing brand. Um, and yeah. <laughs> it is. It's because it's it's a, it's 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 so distinctive. But do the due diligence and then register it if you can. Um, copyright is protected as of right. So if somebody starts stealing your content, you can go after them. Um, in a loving way to start with would always be the, yeah, it doesn't have to be a dispute um, and a big fallout online. You can do it in a way that's respectful. And I think that from a, like a passing comment, it's it's about mutual mutual respect as business owners, isn't it? We're all contracting with each other to grow our businesses. So don't fear this stuff. It's really, it's really there to protect you and your customers. Rosie, oh, that was... I've learned a lot. <laughs> I feel like I feel like because obviously I'm gonna I'm gonna edit this so I'm gonna listen to it all again but I feel like I'm gonna have to listen to it like three or four more times and then go through and make sure that I've got everything 
that I've got everything ticked off. (laughs) (laughs) I keep saying to people, look, this stuff isn't scary. And then you start talking and think it can feel overwhelming. I totally get it. But but yeah, just just a few small things in place can really protect you and make a difference in your business. My advice would be rip the plaster off because just don't keep walking away from it. Because if you keep walking away from it, you know what? You're going to find yourself on Judge Judy. And I mean, who wants that? <laughs> so just, <laughs> just don't. <laughs> you know, it's literally just rip the plaster off and investigate and start yeah. start small. Just start, you know, with that emails to begin with, with agreements and expectation in place. And then go and definitely download Joe's freebie. You'd be mad not to do that. Um, and then investigate a little bit further and just do, even if you were to put, this is what I would do. I would put maybe one thing in my diary, maybe, right, I'm going to do this, set some time aside, some space so that you're intentional about it. And you're like, okay. And it will just, even if you move it to the next week, if you do, but say to yourself, mm-hmm. I'm only going to move that twice if I am. So you've been intentional, you know, you're going to do it and you're going to look into it because it is so, so important within your business. Mm-hmm. Um Joe, there's lots more questions that I would like to ask you, but I think if people come and find you, um, then where where do you hang out? What have you? I know you've got have you got a Facebook group? You have, haven't you? Yeah, we've got a free group called Legal Talk, and I go live in there every Wednesday and answer people's questions. And that's exactly what it's there for. People post in the group with questions that come up um, because yeah, it's there's got to be a free resource, as no, as as entrepreneurs, you need the support, and and that's what that's there for. I think it's important to say as well, you did come from the corporate background and the reason you're doing this now. I'd just give us a little bit of an insight in that. Yes. So I'm, this is my 21st year um, in the legal industry. And I did. I trained with one of the biggest firms in the world and I was with them for seven years. Um, I loved it, but I was dealing with huge corporates like the MOD and Centrica and really massive people that you just don't see the whites of their eyes. And the passion for me actually is is watching entrepreneurs fly and actually women more than anyone else because yeah we deserve it don't we so okay. just to be here and support women on their journey is just is a, it's an honor oh I just love what you do and I'm so supportive <laughs> of it because it is such it is a big scary part and as a creative it, it wasn't something that I really wanted to think about but knew that I wanted to think about it from a heart-led place I come Mm. at it very much a little bit different from some because it's not so much about protecting myself because we don't all look after ourselves as much as we should do we it was more for me protecting my clients Mm. but the importance really became apparent for me and I started to look after myself a little bit better which Rosie and I have done other episodes on boundaries and balance yeah and everything and this comes into it it does it does I think it really helps you enforce those um, enforce those boundaries because we were talking last week about having having like a flexible lifestyle and a flexible work life and and like balancing clients in with that and that comes down to communicating expectations so it might be that you're not always reachable by your clients but as long as they know when they can reach you and as long as that is as long as you put it in writing (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna get a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, you should. You should just put it writing on. We'll do that for you. Let's do That's that. <laughs> um, but it allows you to enforce those boundaries and it allows you to to have them guilt-free as well. Because there was there was quite a long period of time for me where 
like I've always run my business with quite a flexible lifestyle but I always felt nervous posting like posting on my stories for example when I wasn't working or talking about things I was doing outside of work because I felt like I'm supposed to be working because I've got clients and I've got open projects and they'll be expecting me to be at my desk and expecting to hear from me and things but then I was like no this is silly let's just when I take on a new client and part of that onboarding process now is these are my office hours this is when I'm available this is the best way to reach me send me an email and I'll get back to you within x amount of time um and we do the same with a project like we have a timeline and we have deadlines throughout the project and that means that I can take time off and away from my desk and have that flexibility without feeling bad for it because I know my clients know what to expect and like she's not working right now but she said I'll get an email by this time yeah and they will um but it's just about communicating with them isn't it yeah and I think we can all that's a work in progress isn't it I mean none of us are perfect running a business and a family is is a juggle and you can't deny that but yeah I think you're totally right it is all about expectations and time blocking I I use a Monday for my serious stuff um and do things like accounts and legal bits that I need to do because I know actually it's that's the day it's a miserable day anyway a Monday usually but, so we just get it all done <laughs> on that day I love a Monday but you've just made me think you've just said I use a Monday for my serious stuff I had visions of you with socks or knickers that have got Monday serious stuff <laughs> what pants have I got on today oh I know what I'm doing <laughs> that's what I'd be like <laughs> I forget anyway Joe, it's been a real pleasure to have you on so take it away has. I think the takeaway is put it in writing. <laughs> put it in writing, yeah. <laughs> that for me is the takeaway today. Just put it in writing. If you're not sure, if you're a little bit worried, and sometimes you can, if there's red flags, then go back to the ideal client um, episode because if red flags are showing early on, you're thinking, I really need to get this down in writing, this isn't right, then maybe you need to step away from that in the first place if the red flags are there. <laughs> so. Totally. I think, yeah, just, I know I'm keeping you now, but... No, no, we're keeping you from the pool. They're not your people. If they won't sign, if somebody will not sign your terms, the likelihood that there's going to be a problem. Um, Because there's only one reason people wouldn't sign. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's another takeaway as well. If they're not, then they're not your people. Mm. Joe, so you've given us your Facebook group and um, your website is... joannefisherlaw.co.uk. Okay, and we've got that, and you're on Instagram at Joanne Fisher Law. I love the fact that you're looking up in the air and say, "What is it again?" I do that every time. <laughs> <laughs> Open access in that part of my brain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, we hope you have got value from today's episode. I definitely have. There's a couple of things I'm going to be mes- messaging Joe about in a minute. <laughs> So we're not perfect. We do have wonky crowns, but we are trying to give you all the elements and things you need in your toolbox to help with your independent business because we're super proud of you. Uh, Rosie, We, I'm going to pass over to you to sign off the show. I'm sick of the sound of my own voice now. <laughs> So um, if you've enjoyed today's show or if there's a topic that you would like us to discuss or you want to leave us a review or some feedback, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on Instagram at underscore rebarb and custard. Got it right. Always mess up that underscore every single time. Underscore rebarb and custard. But for now, it's goodbye from us all. So goodbye from me, custard. Goodbye from me, rhubarb. And goodbye from me, Joe. <laughs> 
Where are they waving? We, we wave all the time, Joe. Don't worry. Bye. Bye. <laughs>